hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Welcome to episode five of the Phoenix Thread. This is another full late episode. I am Dwayne Ketchens, your disembodied interviewer. In this episode, we have just two guests, Shirley Mathis, Sam, and Kay France. These guests were so kind to share both their time and a little of their lives adventure with our audience during this busy season. I hope you will be moved as I was by Shirley Mathis in her work to keep her husband Dave with us for many years after his cancer diagnosis. Her story is a story of love, determination, and sacrifice. Her promise to her husband Dave to help others whom face cancer and COVID-19 made talking to her a special interview. She shows how it is possible to go on after the loss of a loved one and how to find a purposeful life in the aftermath. My interview with the Francis takes a lighter note. They tell us about their routine and how they keep it together right now and a little bit how They have been keeping it together for 41 years. Kay has a unique perspective as a firefighter's wife in that she was a paramedic years ago before becoming a nurse anesthetist. Sam and Kay share insights into some of the many places they have traveled to outside of America. Also in this episode, as always, we will include the last alarm and the last but not least section. We are here with Shirley Mathis, everyone. And uh... hi, Shirley. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Shirley is the widow of Dave Mathis, and she's our first widow that we've had on the show, and I am very happy to have her as a guest. So um, go ahead, Shirley. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. So as I stated before, tell us uh, what do you do in your average day there, Shirley? Well, I usually get up first thing in the morning and I um, start my day with just praising God that I get up to take another breath every day. And um, I spend a lot of time with my my golden doodle, my dog, and then I have my daily chores that I do. And um, right now I'm trying to spend a lot of time with my, with my mom and helping her uh, get around and with several different um, things and chores that she has to take care of. And then I'm trying to uh, do a lot of research with the COVID right now and helping uh, several different friends that I have who have come down with this uh, nasty virus. And uh, and I just try and keep myself busy with doing some gardening that David was always uh, doing. And he was kind of had the green thumb in the family, oh. but um now I've kind of done some researching gardening, so I'm trying to take that over and just kind of have a, a yard and different things that I've got to maintain. So um, I'm really enjoying that, enjoying this time of year to be outside. 
Now, do you? So that's kind of my daily routine. Do you like go in and uh, you change your uh, your flowers, uh, do the perennial thing and stuff like that? Well, he planted a lot of bulbs, yeah. so he had different things that you know would come up at different times of years. So um, he did have like you know different types of day lilies, and he has a. Uh, you know, a rose tree, and then we mm-hmm. had um, irises and all different types of things that bloomed different times. Like I say, each time at different times of the year with shamrocks. So right now it's looking absolutely gorgeous, and I, I hope I can continue to read the books that he had so I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's beautiful. Plus he had a, just a gorgeous rose tree mm-hmm. that was the name of the rose was Fire Engine Red, so oh, really? I had to kind of I had to kind of read up on that, so I knew exactly what to do. And for a while, I thought I was going to lose it, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So I think he's watching over me, and I'm doing the right thing. Oh, okay. So it I'm is. really I'm really enjoying learning about gardening because I didn't think I had the green thumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's so great. it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind well, of fun. Well, I've I've got uh, uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, a bunch of um, I would say flowers, and uh, I cannot kill them, so they keep coming back. I had a rose bush <laughs> planted in my front yard uh, by my gardener a couple of years ago, oh, oh, ten years ago, and it's every season it has a different color rose so it's really amazing wow i I don't know how he did that but it comes up every year we get yellow orange you know red roses and it comes up looks like from the same bush but i think they're all intertwined so uh yeah i i truly like i'm starting to like it you know but it's it's truly for my wife she likes flowers and stuff like that but uh I, I would be kind of depressed if something happened to it because uh, I was thinking that yeah. it would, would die when I let my gardener go three years ago, and it, it just keeps coming back. So it's well. It sounds beautiful. So, uh, so tell me. So you 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 were you were saying that you were looking up into the COVID uh, situation. Uh, what? Uh, I, we're going to do a sidetrack because that piques my interest because I said in my last podcast, my brother caught COVID and his wife did and, uh, and her father passed away. My brother's wife's father passed away from COVID. So I'm interested. I'm so sorry. Oh no, no. I'm so sorry. Well, there's so many people, like I had some family members that had the COVID virus and the COVID pneumonia. And then I had some friends that were very dear to me that caught the COVID and, and actually being a retired nurse, mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of wanted to advocate yeah. to make sure that, you know, they were getting the right care because with the COVID virus, you know, you're not allowed to go into the hospital with them. Mm-hmm. And so being that they're very sick, you know, you want to make sure that they're not, getting overlooked and with David I was a very strong advocate when he had his cancer so with the COVID patients I wanted to just you know be a voice for them and make sure that you know they were getting everything that they needed so I kind of I've done a lot of research to make sure that they were getting 
the proper medications and, you know, there's kind of a, a list that with the COVID that, and the drugs and things that they use to kind of with this virus that they have the COVID pneumonia that they make sure that, you know, that they're being treated properly. Like, you know, it's kind of a, a, a regimen mm-hmm. per se that they have to go by. So I just, you know, wanted to make sure because they can talk on the phone when they're in there, if they're not on a ventilator. Yeah. So I found out that a lot of these people weren't being treated with that proper regimen and they were just having to stay in the hospital for twice as long. And so I just kind of took it upon myself to make sure I was speaking with the family members and, and, uh, and they were letting me also speak with the physicians and I wanted to just, you know, kind of help. And, and that made me feel good inside, mm-hmm. you know, that I could maybe do something for others. Well, and, um, and you, you know, because you, you want to make sure that they're, they're getting the, the right treatment so they can come home and yes. not have to stay in or not get worse. Yes. Now your 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 formal training is a nurse, right? Uh, which which um, what would be the uh, you know? There's different types of nurses. So tell me what what would be your, what was your title as a nurse? Uh, with your um, RN? I was an RN for yeah RN for 33 years. Okay. Um, I retired uh, in 2008 when David um, had to had his stem cell transplant. Mm -hmm. So I needed to be close to him and be a caregiver. So yeah, I I put in, it was a wonderful career and I enjoyed it immensely. It was my passion. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, if he passed, I promised him that I would, would help in any way I could with either the retirees and the fire department or just anybody that needed, you know, an advocate, a nurse advocate. Yeah. We were lucky enough to have a nurse advocate that I could speak with also, so we could kind of, you know, bounce things off of each other mm-hmm. um, with his, you know, workman's comp being that he was had an occupational cancer. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what I want to go on to do is help other people. Okay. And advocate if they don't have any mm-hmm. medical, well, good. you know, experience, which a lot of people don't know what to do, and it yeah. can be very frustrating. Yes. Well, you know, you uh, and and you say you want to be an advocate. So if we have people, uh, just as uh, we had spoke before we had started the podcast, and you you had did uh, a, a yeoman's work with your husband David. And you stated that you were helping other people with cancers, and now you're helping people with COVID. I I truly applaud your dedication to uh, you know just uh, getting up every day, wanting to help people and make their lives better, and um, and offering yourself as an advocate. Now, I I'm going to ask you on the podcast if people want to get in touch with you and ask you just say as one of our members got COVID and needed direction and didn't feel that they were getting the proper treatment, would you be willing to give them uh, a um, a little bit of your skill set and some of the knowledge that you have ascertained in the last uh, couple of months on this COVID virus or cancer? 
Absolutely. Um, that's what I, that's what I want to do. That would be something that I'm earning, yearning to do. Um, any, just anything that anybody needs. I'm, I want to be here for, to help them, to advocate for them. Any questions, I've already done it for a few people Mm -hmm. and, um, it just, it warms my heart and, um, it, it's, that's what I promised David that I would do. And that's what I want to do. So just anybody, they can always get in touch with me. I'm always available just for whatever anybody needs. Okay. Well, and um, now I'm going to ask you that question about your hobbies. So you can go ahead and tell me about your every, I mean, the hobbies that you're into. You were talking about gardening and uh, take it from there. I, you know, I love I love learning the gardening. I love swimming. Um, One of my biggest uh, things I always love to do is we did a lot of traveling. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of got a bucket list that when this COVID is kind of, this COVID kind of dies down and which I hope it does, I want to start traveling again and and taking that up. why, why, yeah. don't you, why don't you share some of the places that you're uh, thinking about going? I, I would be super interesting because that gives us something to imagine and hope for. Yeah. You know, we were always fond of the Caribbean and those beautiful blue waters. Mm-hmm. So I hope to go back to the Caribbean someday. And, and there's so many beautiful places just in the United States that you know, we wanted to see and that I hope to see. I hope to get up to the New England state sometime and see the fall colors mm-hmm. of the trees and and just down, you know, I grew up in the south, so I hope to get back to the south and mm-hmm. and see some of those wonderful states also. And just, you know, some of the some of the beautiful sights around the United States. Um you know, I just hope to and hope to get back up to see to Washington State where I was born and my son lives up there and see my grandchildren again uh-huh, that okay. live up there. So those are just some of the few things that uh, I'd love to do. Now, when you and Dave traveled, what, what would you say was the most impressive uh, trip you you guys had? Together? We love to cruise. Mm-hmm. We love the cruising and I think one of our, a couple of our favorite trips on cruising is we we did the Alaskan cruise which I think everybody should see mm-hmm. um, the glaciers and the, the passage through Alaska was just um, um, amazingly beautiful and um, then we did the Panama Canal mm-hmm. which was just it, it was it was absolutely wonderful to go through the canal and see the different locks and, and, and go to some of the countries there. Um, we just had a wonderful time traveling. And if anybody knew David, um, cruising was our thing because we had a buffet and he loved to eat. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was all about the, the eating. Yeah. So it was, we, we had wonderful times in our, in our cruising trips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's so great. I yeah. hope to do that again. Okay. Well, you know, I've been trying to do that for the longest. I've never been on a cruise. So I, and every time I get scheduled for one, 
something happens. Uh, so I was supposed to go on Alaskan cruise, something happened. And I was supposed to mm-hmm. go with a high school reunion this year. And you know what happened. So, yes. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, that so I've been uh, I've been denied that uh, adventure, but I did do a lot of traveling. So, um, so we're gonna say I'm gonna ask you. Uh, you seem to have uh, you seem to be really upbeat. Tell me what my what how do you keep how do you stay upbeat? What what um, what what mechanism makes you uh, feel joy and happiness? I think the first thing that keeps me so upbeat is my faith in God. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have my faith in God, I don't know how I could have gotten through all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm a very spiritual person. Mm -hmm. And um, he's seen me through everything. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that keeps me so upbeat. Uh, Probably the other thing is my family is so important to me. I have uh, kids that my daughter lives here. My mom lives here. I don't know what I would do without my family Uh and my grand, my daughter and my grandchildren. They keep me, they keep me rounded and, and grounded. (laughs) And that's what keeps me going. And the fact that I can help other people, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what, that's what, that's what helps me so much. Yeah. Well, um, do you, uh, now I, I think we had, uh, talked before this, um, and you had told me that you were in a grief counseling group and you said that gave you a lot of, uh, support, um, do you want to share with us that, or is that something that? Because uh, I, I, I would love, I would love to. Okay. I found out about this grief counseling group actually through a counselor through the Phoenix Fire Department. Mm-hmm. She gave me a list of several grief counseling groups, and I chose this one, and it happens to be at CCV off of 67th and Happy Valley, which isn't very far from where I live, which makes it a lot nicer. But the other thing that I think I enjoy about this is it's Christian-based mm-hmm. and it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so I started this um, a while back. It's a 13-week course. And so I went through it. I've been through it once. and. I just thoroughly enjoyed it mm-hmm. and it spoke to my heart. Okay. It's um, you, you buy this book and then the, it's, it's in the evening, like from seven to nine in a, in a room at the church, uh, which is a big, which is a big campus. And then they show a video that's probably about, 45 minutes long and then you break up into groups mm-hmm. so it's for people that have lost a spouse a child a parent mm-hmm. and then you when you break up into the groups then you get to speak to one another and you get to share your stories or what's what's kind of bothering you you can go through this class as many times as you want mm-hmm. 
So I'm on my second round, and I'll probably go through as many times as I feel my heart needs to. Okay. I've, it's my safe place. Yeah. And I encourage anybody that's lost a person, whether it be a spouse, a friend, a family member, to go through this class because it really does it really does help. I've changed so much, mm-hmm. um, and people tell me that when I go to my grief class, we see such a change in you. And because everybody grieves differently yes. and it, it is, like I say, it has become my safe place and mm-hmm. it's once a week in the evening and you just, all you have to do is buy the book. You don't have to pay for the class. Now, do you, get, so go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, go I, ahead, Dwayne. Um, no, no, no. You, yeah, this is, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was going to ask you uh, just a simple, you know, do you feel a burden lifting on you after you've completed the, your course? You feel lighter. You feel more. Um, uh, and the only way I could say this is that I can get through life. I can move forward. I can, um, I can, you know, I feel I can make it, you know, after, you know, it may take one, two, are three classes, but do you feel there's a burden lifted off of you or a feeling of uh, that you got supported? I'm sure you do, but I mean, can you, is there a way to describe that, that maybe you can put into words? I do. And that's what I, when I first started the class, it was like, I could barely drag myself out of the house to get in the car to go to the class. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to speak mm-hmm. in the group when I first started attending the class for probably maybe the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I just, all of a sudden, I just kind of bloomed like a flower. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to speak and I needed to get things out in order to start trying to heal a little bit a day at a time. So when I say this is my safe place, these people are going through the same thing that you're going through, even though everybody grieves differently, but it's taken time and I'm sure it's going to take even more time, but it was like a big weight being lifted off my shoulders. And every Tuesday when I go, now I can't wait until the next Tuesday comes around. And like I say, I'm on my second 13 week course Mm -hmm. and it really has enlightened me so much. And so when we have a break, like for the holidays, you miss that break Mm -hmm. when you don't have class, Mm -hmm. you look forward to going back. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's why I say I encourage people to do this. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm going to share something with you. My, uh, my father died. In fact, uh, it was to 25 years ago yesterday. And um, he, my mother never got out over him uh, pat, uh, when he passed away. And she 
uh, spiraled into grief really bad. And um, Mm -hmm. he, um, you know, and she never got any, you know, she went to counseling, but she never really liked it. And I, I truly applaud you for working a program and getting something and, uh, and feeling that you could go on because every time mm-hmm. I used to talk to my mother, she had, she never had the feeling that she could go on. She always just thought, right. that, you know, the end of the world. And, and I would try to tell her, I said, uh, well, I think if he loved you, he'd want you to go on. He'd want you to continue life. Uh, uh, I, right. I always liken it to pharaohs, you know, when a pharaoh died, they put his wife and everything into a, uh, into the pyramid and dropped sand in there. And, uh, and she had to pass away with him. And I said, I don't want anybody to be a, have a pharaoh, a pharaoh's grave, <laughs> you know, with me. I want, I want them to go right. on and enjoy life. So, uh, that, so I'm yeah. just, I, I hope that didn't, uh, wasn't painful, but, uh, you know, I, I, no, I want to give, give a contrasting viewpoint because you can, if you let yourself spiral into, you know, into grief and let it overtake you. And so I applaud you for, uh, starting the journey onto a healing. And I'm sure that knowing Dave, like I did, uh, he would want you to, uh, to do that too, you know, so. Yeah. 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 So anyway, on a lighter note, let's, uh, I'm going to ask you, um, what are your, uh, do you have any favorite TV shows? I always ask everybody that question that you really like and that you think are really something that, uh, you know, may be funny, bring you joy. It may be a mystery. It may be anything, but you know, we're all stuck at home, so we're always looking for something to watch. Well, I do. Um, I have to admit, uh, I, I, I like, I like, of course, all the medical shows mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was a nurse. Yeah. But I do like a lot of the, like, Datelines and mm-hmm. 2020s and. Yeah kind of the crime shows. Mm-hmm. I always used to tell David that if I had like a wish list, mm-hmm. if I could just go to Quantico uh-huh. for a week and follow the FBI around uh-huh. and and be a profiler with them, I think maybe I could catch on because <laughs> he always told me I watched too many of those shows. No. But I kind of like the mystery of it and trying to figure out, like, who did it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds a little crazy and a little wacko. I am quite. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, it's not wacko. Because I think (laughs) I'm naturally, you know what someone told me, said human beings are story machines. And some, Uh you know, when they create, uh, when when a mystery is a story, but you try to find the solution when you're reading, like I like, I love Arthur Conan Doyle and he is, you mm-hmm. know, Sherlock Holmes. And I, would, right. and I, I, you know, I've read all the books and I read them again because, you know, I try to figure out some 
try to find the end to the mystery before I'm, I'm finished with the uh, book. So uh, I, I can understand that. So I'm quite the mystery buff, too. And uh, my brother, is a, um, he subscribes to uh, the Brit Channel. And there are so many mm-hmm. of the mysteries. There's Midsummer Night Mystery. There, there's another Sherlock Holmes uh, English uh, show. But uh, you were telling me you like medical dramas. They just came out with a new drama called Nurses. Did you have you seen that? And I watched it. Okay, well, <laughs> yes. so give us your review. Yes. I like a critical review from an actual nurse. Well. It's it's okay. I do watch the show Transplants, and oh, I do okay. like that show also. Um, Criminal Minds was one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. and they took that off the air. Yeah. Um, but I do like, uh, you know, I do like all the all the medical shows, like Chicago Med, and I know some of them are a little dramatic and they're not so real. Yeah. And. Uh, I do like the firefighter shows also, and David always told me those aren't real. You can't watch those. They don't really do yeah. that when we're firefighting. Yeah. So he used yeah. to kind of laugh at me about that. And I yeah. said, well, they're still firefighters. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I just know that the FBI is going to call me any day yeah, they... and ask me to do a ride along. <laughs> okay. Well, who, who knows? Maybe they're listening. So now they, they might be. Yeah. Now you see, remember... I would just be ecstatic if they called me. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, remember when I, when we talked about this podcast, you said, well, I don't know if I can do 20 minutes, you know, we're now at 28 minutes. So you see how quick, oh boy. That, <laughs> see how quick that happens. So, but yes. now uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, shopping strategies. What, how do you go about shopping? A lot of people have all kinds of different things. I just talked to someone who said, oh, they get their stuff delivered or they go and pick it up. And I didn't, I didn't know you could go and pick up stuff, but uh, so what's your shopping strategy? And since you have a broad family, it might include them. So go ahead. Tell us about that. You know, uh, my daughter at first used to get my stuff for me, but now um, I, I'm just very careful. I don't have to shop too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, David was the shopper in the family. He loved, he loved to grocery shop. Mm-hmm. And you, you never knew what he would come home with. Yeah. Um, but anyway, now I just make my list and I'm very careful about wearing my mask. And I limit it to probably once every couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I go to the store and I, I do it all myself. I don't have anything delivered. Oh. And I don't go and pick it up. We were always the type we like to pick our own stuff out. Yeah. Okay. So that's how we make that work. And we were big Costco people. Oh, yeah. And my daughter will go to Costco for me. Mm-hmm. So if I, I don't need much anymore in that effect. So now, ha- that's kind of how that works. Have you been to the new Costco out there? The one that's, uh, what is it, on the 303? I have not. I've got one just right down the hill from me at by Arrowhead. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's... Um, so no, I've not been to the new one. Oh, okay. Cause, uh, I had a friend, he, he told me that they're already selling gas there and they should be opening any day now, but I don't know. I haven't. Wow. Been there, so, uh, so, uh, 
I came up with some, we're going to go into the conclusion here. So, uh, and you've been wonderful because I've lost complete track of time, but uh, tell me if there's any additional questions that you think I should have asked you. That I can't think of anything. I, I think you've been wonderful, Dwayne, and I really appreciate your time and having me on. And I just like to say to everybody, be safe out there. Uh-huh. Keep well and be safe. Okay. And if anybody needs any help or anything or any has any questions, just please get in touch with me. David Fisher has my number and can always call him and get in touch with me through him. And it's been a pleasure to be on here. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, it's it's been great having you. And uh, I'm going to uh, press our inducting induction question. Uh, uh, soundtrack because we've inducted you into the firefighters breakfast so that's wonderful <laughs> so, so now you're officially uh a new fi- whenever we start our breakfasts you will be uh one of our honored guests to come back and uh and uh, I am so sorry we didn't get you sooner but uh, I'm sure that uh, it's a minor or major oversight on my part, but uh, we won't let it happen again, okay? Oh, that's that's perfectly fine, Dwayne. I just really appreciate you calling me and asking me to be on. Oh, no, my pleasure. And I'm, I, you know what, David has been telling me to do this for ever since I started this podcast. And I've been just, uh, you know, I've had so, I had like so many people that were waiting, and then I finally caught up. So I said, "Hey, I'll do that." So uh, I hope the uh, I want to ask you uh, one special uh, request, and that's to come back to you at some time in the future, because you're such an informative guest, and I would love to do it again. Uh, you know, it won't be really soon, but I hope to do it again before this COVID is over. If you wouldn't mind being a guest again. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay. Well, hey, thank you, Shirley. And I appreciate it. And, um, you know, you've been wonderful. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope to keep in contact with you. When I get off this phone, I'm going to send you um, a, uh, a email to Cazetta. She handles all the emails for uh, the uh, firefighters breakfast and stuff. Uh, that's my wife, okay. her name's Cazetta, and uh, anytime, okay. and uh, we'd like to get together with you to uh, start that list of things to do for the widows, so, uh, you know. That would be wonderful. Okay, so you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I appreciate you for uh, for your time and your, um, your candor, so... Uh, Thank you so much, and everybody have a wonderful day out there. You too, Dwayne. Okay, goodbye. Okay, bye-bye. Hello, everyone. We're here with uh, a special group of people, uh, two of our uh Dedicated Breakfast Club members, uh, Kay and Sam France.
Okay, you two. It is so good to have you on the show. And uh, how's everybody doing today? Well, hello, Dwayne. Uh, thank you. It's, it's, it's good to be, be be talking to you. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got to hand it to you, Kay. You're the one of the few people that uh, I asked, and you. It, it only took you like 20 seconds to say, Yo, yeah, we'll be glad to do it. So I applaud you for your, uh, your, uh, your uh, what, what should I say, courage. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to just start this thing, and I'm just going to say, uh, I know that you guys live in the high-stocking area of Sun city uh what is it Cordobello? is that what they call that place you guys live at yeah Cordobello. we live in sun city west okay and uh i want to ask you just a regular basic question so what do you guys do in an average day and uh in the great kingdom of Cordobello? me uh personally i watch a lot of tv Dwayne. yeah okay I'm a- I, I like watching, uh, you know, I, I like watching the news channels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I do a lot of reading too. Okay. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. He um, gets up every morning and walks the dogs. Oh, okay. And what do you, what kind of dogs you guys sporting out there? We got uh, two Shih Tzu. Two Shih Tzu. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, Walking the dog, opportunity to get my butt off the couch from watching TV, uh, and uh, and do a two a day. Uh, try to walk them in the evening, also. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, so you do you um uh, do you put in any miles, or is just uh, up around the block, or just what's your uh your routine? What you, uh, how many steps you put? I'm a step junkie. I, I try to, when I was walking in the mall, I try to put 20,000 steps a day. So, you know, I'm, I try to be an overachiever, but now I'm down to probably about uh, three or four or 5,000 steps a day. So I'm trying to get that number up, but I'm just asking, do you count steps or are you doing any miles with the dogs shih tzus don't work don't go for very far distances anyway you have to be carrying them my dogs uh, we put in about six thousand a day oh good good uh, good day yeah okay well that's good that's yeah. good to hear that's whatever they're well-tuned and well lean lean and mean shih tzus huh you know they're 11 years old, so they're 77, and they're pretty slow. Yeah. And a little. <laughs> but they walk. Yeah, but if, if they can put in 6,000 steps in a day, that's they're pretty. That, that's a pretty good. But they got four legs, and we only have two. So they're really only going half as many. <laughs> so anyway, so. Uh, and then the next question I will ask you guys is, uh, you got any kind of hobbies that you uh, dabble into? Well, I'm trying to, it's been kind of hard to get into what I really love. And I listen to music. I'm a music buff. Okay. I love 
And so I decided to pick up key, key, the keyboard again. Okay. And for my birthday this year, I got a keyboard uh-huh. and I gospel music list. Okay. So are you any so, good? You got any, you got a, you got any songs and stuff that you're uh, able to, um, knock out on the keyboard? Uh, not quite. I'm still okay. trying to, it's a big difference for me, Dwayne, because I took, um, what I'm trying to learn to do is hear the music and play it instead of read the music. Oh, okay. I took piano style and I can put the music in front of me and read it, but I'm trying to learn how to hear it and play mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well. And, Cassie, Cassie was the one that referred me to this particular um, uh, site that I take uh, the music lessons from. Uh, it's called Here and Play. Oh, okay. So, now, is that mm-hmm. is that site like a, uh, uh, is it on the YouTube or is it uh, like a, a standalone site? Yeah, it's a, it's a dedicated site. Okay. Um, but they do have lots of YouTube presentations, but it's it's a dedicated site with structured lessons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good, good, good. But you know, uh, they say that uh, playing music opens up different areas of your brain. You know, so it uh, it, it'll be something that's uh, what they call it a mind expanding experience. So you know. Mm-hmm. I, they say that for children, but I'm sure it does the same thing for adults. So, uh, so what about you, Sam? You got any hobbies other than watching the news? No, uh, um, I, I, I don't uh, have a hobby like um, running around. I like to read, man. I, I'm really into reading some novels, uh, not uh, just any particular um uh, a subject, uh, but I do like uh, anthropology. Yeah, and uh, I've read uh, several books on that. Oh, and yeah. then I may be looking at TV and see something on book TV. I watch that just uh-huh. about every weekend. Now, yeah. Now, yeah. isn't that on C-SPAN, book TV, or something? That yes, I, yes, it is. Okay, I've watched a few episodes. You know, I am I have a I have I have a backlog of about a thousand books. I hear I I look at a um a um a certain um art uh author that I'm interested in. I'll read the concept and I'll say, Oh yeah, I gotta get to that. But uh when I I moved to Costa Rica when I retired and the great thing about Costa Rica is it rained every day. So you're out there and I had a little patio from my apartment and I'd sit into a chair and then I would read um, you like two or three books a day. And then I had when that when Kindles first came out, one of the things they would do is they would read the book to you. So I got to be lazy. I'd read three books and then let Kindle read one book to me. So I got four books in a day. But uh, I was an avid Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, reader. I've read his library and now I'm going to try to find something else. What's the genre that you like there, Sam? Well, you mean uh, what period Mis- of time? No, mysteries, uh, uh, you know, political, um, you know, history, um, uh, you know, uh, romance. Uh, those are, <laughs> yeah, that, 
I would consider those genres. I may not be right, but. <laughs> well, uh, I, I like history. I really okay. like history. And I even dabbled a little bit uh, going to the Bible, too, mm-hmm. because I trying to uh, link up uh, the time frame of Moses and going back beyond that, because uh, to me, it is something about the, the connection between uh, Homo sapiens sapien, uh, the beginning of humans. And what was interesting to me when we talked about how the uh, uh, people from Israel walked around Jericho and they fought against some giants. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when I tie that in with anthropology, they talked about Co Magna Man, mm-hmm. and they were big people. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a, a lock between the two mm-hmm. uh, biblical aspect of uh, how far back you can go, because um, uh, for me, uh, the starting point seemed to be that. Uh, uh, Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, and God was coming in there talking to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. And then uh, all of a sudden, you got people everywhere. Yeah. Now, so I know I know Kay must be a big reader too, because uh, you don't get to be no nurse anesthetist by not reading and staying in the books. So what's your uh, favorite titles there, Kay? Well, lately, what's the name of the book political? Um, lately, we've been reading a lot about AI. Oh, and, okay. Um, Bitcoins and artificial crypt- intelligence. Crypt- okay. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. That kind of, that yeah. kind of interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to figure out one, figure out what it is, and then you know, I, I, I'm a realtor, so I sell real estate when I retired from anesthesia mm-hmm. uh, 21 years ago. Yeah. I've been a real real past 15. So, um, and the cryptocurrencies and just uh, the artificial intelligence, and with COVID, we've really had to pivot. Um, the way we do things and learn the computer, learn how to do virtual, you know, open houses and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So the kind of reading that I've been doing. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so now let me ask you, uh, uh, a, a, um, a, uh, hypo- uh, well, an intellectual, I want to open up your mind and ask you, do you think uh, a, my take on AI is a double-edged sword? You know, it's it gives you things, but it takes things away. So it's something that we should always be cautious of. And a lot of people don't see it. At, they see it as a, a, a 100% gain. And I see it as a 50-50 scale. So what's your opinion? I do. Oh. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I, I I was very, very skeptical, and I guess I'm still a little skeptical. And I thought it would make life easier, uh, but I'm kind of 50-50 like you, Dwayne. Um, I, I see it takes away a lot of things, too. I don't like the, I don't like the privacy part of it, yeah. that it takes away. Out of my privacy that I think a lot of my 
my businesses out there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Part I don't. Well, if you listen to the uh, when you listen to the episode with Kim, I always said that I said I believe that uh, the windows of our life should be what we put on display and not what others want to try to dig out. So if you know, I, I said you look in the window and 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 if you look in the window in my house, you're looking at what I want you to see because I've opened the blinds. I don't want you to be able to come in and inspect the whole house. So you know and see what I've got in my house. And that's what I see about technology. It looks in, you know, every website you go to, everything that pops on to your computer. And, uh, you know, right. it's it's uh, very intrusive. So I'm skeptical and I love technology. I'm, you know, it fascinates me, but I understand that uh, there's a, uh, a legitimate danger. So, uh, Let's change that subject because I go on forever. I'm going to ask you to, how do you stay upbeat? You know, you guys have been married for a long time and, uh, and apparently you haven't killed each other and you still have a smile on your face when you're around each other. So uh, th- there must be some secret there to keep you guys upbeat. So tell us, uh, we don't have, you don't have to go too deep, but just tell us what's your, uh, how do you stay upbeat? I said, I- I think we stay upbeat because have you ever heard of the uh, expression that opposites attract? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that we come together in the middle so well mm-hmm. because bringing some things, I'm bringing some things, and we've been together going on 41 years. Ooh. And, um, I'm I'm thinking that that is a uh, that that has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. He likes to watch food. Um, I like to stay upbeat by family and not watching the news on a regular basis. Oh. So <laughs> I kind of maybe get my news secondhand because I think sometimes the news depresses me mm-hmm. and I can't. Yeah. Um, that stay up um, on talking to people on the phone, talking to family, checking on family, mm-hmm. uh, and cooking. I do a lot, I've been doing a lot of cooking since I've been home, and I kind of enjoy that and trying to play my piano. So that's yeah. how I'm kind of, and then trying to keep up with um, also what's going on in the real estate world. So mm-hmm. that's, how I, that's how I stay upbeat. Yeah. Well, now, let let me ask you: Did they did they make the real estate world easier with this virtual stuff? And uh, did that make your job easier or harder? For me, it was harder okay. because i I was a face to face person. You mm-hmm. know, um, i i like the I like the contact. Um, and not saying that you still can't have it because they did declare us essential workers, but um, the real estate economy has not suffered in Arizona since COVID. Mm -hmm. But um, it made it harder for me because I I didn't kind of grow up on on the computer. Um, Giving anesthesia, I didn't have to use a computer at the time. Now they're all computerized. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) kind of playing catch up, you know, when uh, I retired. Well, with uh, the virtual world yeah. and the computer. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the the, uh, the one benefit is you're able to learn it. You know, I have a lot of friends that are our age, and they're they'll oh, I don't want to know anything about technology and stuff. And you know, I think it's the fear of the unknown. A lot of people are fear of the unknown, and I've swum. <laughs> I've been swimming into computers. In fact, uh, first, the first time I met Cazetta, we were in computer class. So, so, and that, mm-hmm. and, um, and that was in 1970, I think it was 1974. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. and the computers didn't even have a cathode ray tube. It was, uh, those little IBM selector cards. So, um, uh, you know, I've evolved with the, uh, from the computer experience over, you know, about 40, 50 years now. So, uh, it's, it comes mm-hmm. second nature to me. So, uh, almost anything I can try to rationalize and find a way of, um, of learning and understand it. So I do have a lot of friends that call me up and ask me technical questions. This is not a solicitation for that help, you know, so, but they'll call me up and ask me questions and, uh, you know, and, uh, I'll, I, I can help a few people, but I'm never, I'm not good as technical support as people think. So anyway, and uh, I want to get off of that because, uh, you know, some people listen to this. Oh, Dwayne knows the answers. (laughs) I'm not looking for you. I'm like, I always tell everybody I'm like Maynard G. Krebs. And I'm not looking for work. You know, do you remember Dobie Gillis? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so, go ahead. I was going to say we're kind of, I'm kind of forced into it, but just by the way of life now, Dwayne, you know, with, um, you know, my kids first started talking to me about cash app and Zelle and, you know, I'm going, what, what is that? And then the way I have to order my groceries on computer or the way you have to do anything, you're forced to either use it or, or, you know, shop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I talked to a friend of mine yesterday and they said they, they have never shopped online. And I I said, so you, so you just shop. Uh, you know, I, I bought Christmas gifts online this year and had them sent because I wasn't going to go make the rounds and dropping off Christmas gift. The only Christmas gifts I'm going to bring directly is to my grandkids. So I'll bring their gifts directly to them. So anyway, uh, we beat technology to death here and, uh, it's almost, uh, uh, it's, we should be on, is it wired magazine? <laughs> we could be on wired magazine, uh, part of this episode uh let me ask you since you guys since you do a lot of you guys do a lot of tv what kind of gems of uh, tv watching what kind of shows have you really said wow that's a really good show and uh that you know that really uh, gets your attention and i I know i don't know if you're interested in medical shows because you were a nurse uh Kay. Uh, I know I don't have too much interest in firefighting shows because, you know, I sit there and take apart every action. So <laughs> I'm a poor person as far as watching any kind of firefighting shows. But what are your uh, your TV gyms that maybe you watch together or apart? We watch Chicago Fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, now let me ask Sam. What do you think is Chicago? You you like Chicago Fire, then Sam? 
no, 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 not at all. Because I know it's TV. <laughs> and uh, but to, uh, to answer your question, you asked before. Uh, uh, Kate gives me uh, that emotional comfort that I was looking for in my life. Okay. And it was it nice to because uh, I've been married before and the relationships didn't work out. And uh, once we uh, uh, started dating and, and, and getting together, I felt uh, this was the person I would like to spend the rest of my life with. Uh, and it is very hard sometimes uh, that uh, we are different in some areas because where she's more uh, technical or more advanced with that kind of stuff, with computers and stuff, I got into uh, my genealogy and all that stuff, which is a spinoff from uh, uh, some of the stuff I like to read about uh, prehistoric kind of stuff back in the day. Uh And uh, uh, the programs I like to watch on TV varies a lot, but uh, you'll find that I I like to, I like to watch uh, MSNBC. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well, well you know uh you if uh i i'll tell you a little secret um i used to watch the news every day when i was younger and uh and and uh you know how they could have some kind of uh catastrophic event on the news that turn you away and i'm going to tell you what my catastrophic event was and it was in the low 80s I was watching the news, and uh, Hugh Beaumont died, the dad on you Leave It to Beaver, and I was devastated, and I couldn't watch the news anymore. Amazing, though. I mean, it just it just blew me away. I said, I cannot watch the news. I don't want to know this stuff anymore. So, uh, but I do keep up on the news. So, uh, but I don't watch the news like uh, you know, like everybody watch nightly news and stuff like that. I I go around and I get little news. There's a thing called Smart News, and then I have there's another little app called Flipboard. And you can customize to what's your interest. So if you're interested in politics, you click on politics. You're interested in technology, you click on that. And they send you news feeds from a bunch of different news companies. So you get to see the news, but you only get it, uh, you know, it's fed to you. So I don't get I don't get the entertainment news because I don't want to see Hugh Beaumont going away. <laughs> so... But anyway, but that's, uh, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but that's, that's one of the things that stopped me from watching the news. And uh, anybody that can watch the news all day, I, I take my hat off to you because I couldn't. I couldn't watch it for that long. So, but, so you've got, uh, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I guess I'm, well, I'm a little partial to Hugh Beaumont you know, of being a fireman and, and, uh, you know, I was on the fire department in Detroit. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So you're, you're, you, you've got a, um, you've got a unique take there. Okay. You're, you're not just a firefighter's wife. You, uh, when, uh, Sam turns to you and said, like, I can t- always turn to Cosette. I say, you don't know what it's like, <laughs> but you do. So. <laughs> I do know what it's like. Yeah. But except 
I, I didn't fight fires. I was a paramedic, but yeah. um, I was, you know, in the first class of women. So that was kind of groundbreaking for us. Yeah. For me anyway. Wow. In the, in the 70s, there were no women on the fire department until my class. Wow. Okay. And uh, do you, um, that you, now do you look that back on that experience fondly or, you know, cause you were breaking a glass ceiling. Uh, do you, uh, right. was that a good experience or a bad experience? It was a great experience. Okay. Because got on, uh, they would say, let me carry that, that box and get that stretcher for you. <laughs> and they said, you get the heavy end, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great groundbreaking experience um, for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so you see, you have a, uh, Sam, you're a lucky cause you have a person who experienced some of the same stresses that you've experienced in your life. So you're really lucky. So you're not that much different because, you know, I, I can, um, I can sit up there and, uh, you know, cause that will say, Oh, so, you know, says this is such, and I'll say, no, I don't think you understand the situation, you know, because, and I don't, and I don't want to go into any depth because, you know, like you can't paint a picture for some of the things you see, some of the things you do, but you do have that uh, insight. So uh, kudos to you both. So you're the first people I know that have that, except for probably would be uh, Kim, Perea and her husband, Monty. I guess they're both, uh, you know, they're both firefighters, so they would have that same insight. So, uh, so you're not the only ones, but you're one of the people that I just realized when you started talking about that, I said, Oh, okay. So you do know, you know, and that, and then you have that added, um, that added, um, um, part of, uh, support because, you know, you know, that how people feel about certain events. You know, yeah, that can be a catalyst to an emotional stress stressors. So, for me, uh, Dwayne, being that we we've, we've been on the front line and, and fought a lot of fires and so forth, when I see stuff on TV, uh, right away I'm going, you know, backdraft and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a crock. You know, the real deal is that uh, you know from our uh, our turnouts, uh, right down to the fact of uh, going in and actually making a rescue and all that stuff. TV is TV. Yeah. And, but, you know, we live that life and we know what the real uh, inside, inside uh, workings of a fire department. So uh, uh, I'm not all that crazy about watching uh, uh, um, the Chicago Fire, you know, because. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's made for TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I got hooked on station 19, you know, and, uh, when it first yeah. came out, I said, Oh, this is a good show. And then I saw <laughs> they made a big, a bunch of popaws. And one of the popaws was that the, uh, there was two captains sleeping with each other. And I've been on the fire department a long time, I think 27 years. <laughs> so, and then I, I served in three other, uh, two other fire departments. So, uh, I ain't never seen no stuff like that and they get away with it. So I said, mm, I don't think that this stuff, you know, but it's a soap opera and, and, uh, and, yeah, yeah. 
it, it's designed to pull you in on an emotional string on the back end of these people's lives. And I would grew up on emergency where emergency is like, you know, that was more of the technical where you saw the incident before it happened. And then they came there and they, they corrected the incident and, you know, and they talked about, you know, how they felt about the incident. To me, that was more real than, you know, um, these, uh, these ones with all the emotional underpinnings and, you know, who's divorced and who and stuff like that, because, you know, and, uh, and the total picture of things on the fire department, I think those were the least favorable things, the emotional upsets and people going through the divorces and stuff like that. To me, that was, uh, you know, those were usually downer things, at least I thought, you know, because when people were going to the, a divorce on the fire department, everybody was going through divorce on the, in the station because one guy had, had his attitude broken. You know, he was totally against marriage and he was going to make sure he shared it with you almost on a oh, daily okay. event. You know, I, I don't know. Was that your experience too there, Sam? Well, yeah, somewhat, you know, um, uh, I, I just don't know uh, how they can really capture, you know, really what we do, uh, because I think uh, a lot of things you, you you see on TV is misleading. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, I, 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 I'll tell you one thing that kind of messed me up and made me realize TV is for entertainment. I would watch Westerns and I go, man, that guy's got a gun and he's been shooting it for a solid hour and I never seen him put any bullets in it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what kind of good you know but uh everybody finds something that they like in it you know in uh some uh tv programs that they watch but uh uh what i've seen on tv as far as uh what we actually do out there in the field doesn't really touch uh the heart of what we actually live through mm-hmm. uh in a four-hour period you yeah. know they just you know they I think they try to uh, give you an idea, but, um, you know, it's just not, uh, for me, it doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. Like this show coming on, or got a new, they have a new show coming on, Nurses, mm-hmm. and I, I said, it's not going to. Maybe, you know, Dwayne, maybe it's because they had to interject the commercials in there and sell their <laughs> product. That, um. <laughs> I've been watching The Crown. I love that. Oh, series. okay. Yeah, I'm into the now, and I watch Bill Cosby reruns. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Now, which uh, the Cosby Show, or you know, he had like what three shows? Uh, uh, he had the uh, the go ahead, go ahead. Everyone and um, just funny episodes with the the kids and um, everybody coming back to the house, and I just sit there and I it makes me laugh, yeah. and so I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, you since, go ahead. Since traveling, you know, when Sam retired, we traveled mm-hmm. all over all the world for about what ten years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now with COVID, it's hard to plan or travel. So I guess that's why we're watching television. <laughs> television. <laughs> Okay, so when you guys travel, I'm going to ask you this question. This is going to be one of my new questions. I just asked uh, one of my other guests, what was the uh, 
what place did you go to that impressed you the most? Uh, I would say Dubai. Oh, okay. And, and I was, uh, I really enjoyed the trip we did to Africa. We were in Johannesburg and uh, we went to uh, Cape, Town. Cape Town and went to Nelson Mandela's house. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were in Cape Town, uh, actually, we went out to Robbins Island to the prison. Yeah. His cell was, you know, just tied that all in together. And then we ended up in Johannesburg and uh, at his, at, at Soweto, at mm. his house. It was just amazing, you know, from a historical perspective. This man was in prison for 20 some years. 27 years was it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's that, so. So, you, and what about UK? Because it's always it may be different than what he. Had. What was the most exciting place you've uh, you've been to? Well, I like I like Dubai. Yeah. Um, it was it, the first part of that trip, and I I like Barcelona, and I remember uh, Doug Murmur talking about the churches um, in some of the places that we visit mm-hmm. and uh, we get Gotti's uh, church in Barcelona um, was beautiful but that was the first part of our Dubai trip because it was a uh, two-week cruise um, before we we left uh, we departed from Dubai and we disembarked in Dubai. I mean I'm sorry mm-hmm. Barcelona right and then we got off in Dubai um, and stayed after we got off but uh, I, that's what I like. I like. I like Dubai. I like the um, the golden faucet. <laughs> oh, and the and the and the uh, order, and um, it was just very different for me. Mm-hmm. Now, was it, it was expensive? Really- the because uh, I I would think Dubai would be one of the most expensive places to to be in. So. I didn't find it expensive. I didn't find the hotel any more expensive than um, uh, a hotel here in the United States. Yeah. I was yeah. really surprised because, I mean, it was, uh, you know, we had a double door and a doorbell and, and a kitchen and wow. and it actually less, I thought. Yeah. Okay. That we would have picked here in the States mm. or anywhere. And how was the people? Were they nice? Um, they were, uh, but the, when we were getting on, going up in the tallest building and there was, a, they didn't want you to take their picture. His, remember, remember yeah, yeah, picture. yeah. Um, but, uh, they seemed to be nice. Yes. Yeah. No, had no problem. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's probably a cultural thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, you've been to a lot of places. That's impressive. We might, we might just have to have an episode of the travel log of, uh, the Francis <laughs> so, because that's interesting. I've been on, I've been on a few trips, but nothing like that. You seem like you guys seen a lot of the world. So, uh, you know, so. I was in the uh, police fire Olympics. Oh yeah. Do you, so. he, did, he went to Australia then, huh? Yes, right. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So, our first long, big trip. Mm-hmm. And after 
said, we got to do it. <laughs> uh-huh. And get used. Now, it what, was our first time. So. What did you compete in, uh, Sam? What did you do uh, when you were uh, there? It, uh, believe it or not, I played ping pong over there. That was a joke. <laughs> uh, some guy some guy from Hong Kong somewhere just waxed me. But uh, I did play basketball and uh, with uh, – a uh, group of firefighters from New York, and we won the gold medal. So, really, uh, I, that was uh, a really big deal for me. You oh, know? so you got a gold medal from the firefighter Olympics hanging up at your house? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Oh, okay. You got to send me, text me a picture of that. I like to, I like to take a look at well, it. I'll get it out the safe and let you look at it. <laughs> get it out the safe. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know, uh, I hate to say this, but, you know, I the remember I told you these things have a life of their own. Do you know where we're at on the time elements? You're probably looking at your phone, but we're at 37 minutes. So we went way over. So I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I'm probably going to have to let you guys go. Uh, oh, how about this one? Uh have you, and you probably answer, I probably already know the answer to this, but I'm going to answer it anyway. He says, have your, uh, have your, uh, increased your dependency on computers to the degree that, uh, if something were to happen to your computers, you would go crazy. No, not for me. That's, that's the way I feel. Let me give you an analogy. Um, uh, about the microwave and i'm going to say this real quick you know my kids and grandkids sam and i have seven kids 19 grandchildren 13 great grandchildren and one great great and my kids depend on the microwave this is just an analogy and if the microwave went out they would not know what to do Mm -hmm. i feel like if the computer went out like you asked i i believe that I would be able to manipulate and get along without it. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. But um, it, it fascinates me, but it also intimidates me. Mm-hmm. So I, I still, um, I still try to do things. I would do things if the computer went out. I think I would get along, but everything is connected to the mm-hmm. computer. Mm-hmm. You know, your electricity, your everything. You know, so your banking. So, yeah. um, I I could get along mm-hmm. to answer your question. Okay. What about you? Well, you know, technology has come a long way, uh, Dwayne. Uh, I always think back in the day when I used to, uh, we didn't have a telephone at the house, and I would go to the neighbor's house to use their phone. And it was a party line. (laughs) You had to ask somebody, will you get off the phone so I can call and get a cab? Yeah. You know, (laughs) we've come a long ways. But uh, I I, I think for for me, I I could live without it. Mm -hmm. You know, it ain't there. But Kay is very fluent and and it seemed to come to her pretty easy. So uh, she's the one that uh, does all the technical stuff on the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll see. Uh, you see how painless this was? I hope you enjoyed yep. it. I have. Yeah. And I hope, I mean, it's like having a conversation that we would have had if we were 
There you go. Uh, see, you're, you're, you, you know what? That's why you're bright. I mean, that's why you're uh, a nurse anesthetist, a college, uh, college girl, and also a former paramedic, all that stuff. So, and uh, Sam, I'm not saying you know slouch either. I know you got your degree too. So, uh, I'm, <laughs> but she figured that out. She said that, hey, yeah, it's just like a conversation that you would have at breakfast. And, you know, people would, they go on one conversation and it goes off to many conversations, not down many roads. So it's exactly. Right. And what we're trying to do is replace that, uh, the breakfast um conversation so that somebody that's at home and sitting there and wishing for when we had our breakfasts they get a little dose of it and it kind of takes away some of the uh, the uh, you know the missing of your their friends because they get to hear their voice you know and uh, certainly go ahead we certainly doing having these podcasts Wayne and that was an excellent idea and and I also want to thank your executive producer, um, Cosette. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Hello. Yeah, I will. And uh, you know, uh, I wish I could get her to uh, do it all the time, but she, like she says, she says I don't like my voice, so I have to drag her if I put her on here, and then she'll feel uncomfortable, and I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> Yeah, you. After I- yeah, she said hi to you. Uh, you want to get on the mic and say something there, sweetie? Yeah, see. Did you- well, you're not interrupting my thing. You could uh you can just uh go to this mic right here. Ooh, see. There you go. That's it. Hi, Kay. Hi, Cosetta. <laughs> oh, you don't have your headset on, so she can't hear you. Shit, you got to loop around the thing. <laughs> Come back. Come back here. Okay. Come here. She's got to put on a headset. Okay. Can you hear me, Kay? I can, Susanna. So how are you? I'm good. I'm there in this different world. It is a but different world. Yeah, it is a different world, but it could be worse. So, you know, at least we can talk to each other when we need to. Right. And I discovered that I really like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> How is Sam? Sam, well, thanks for asking. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hi. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, uh, we are going to, I'm going to shut down her mic because her mic is a type that picks up all the noise. This one only picks up uh, the noise within six inches of the mic. So uh, we found that people calling on the phone and stuff like that becomes a real annoyance in a doorbell. So I had to get a special mic to cut out the noise. So the and I, these those were the experimental mics. So she gets to come in on the experimental mic. Anyway, uh, it's been great talking to you guys. And I think because we have an 
we have enough content here. We're probably going to have only two guests on the next podcast, you and uh, Dave Mathis's widow. So at that, you'll probably be the, the two guests and because we're right at 44 minutes and I, I found that most people won't hang on to the, uh, listen to the podcast for more than a one and a half hours. So we'll just, we'll just put you two people on there and, uh, we'll hope to have it up, uh, on the website on uh, Monday or Tuesday. And I thank you very much for your courage that you've shown and being on here and you were super guests. So, uh, and it, you know, it's really hard to do two people at once and you guys made it real easy. So thank you. Thank, Thank you, Dwayne. It's good to see talking to you both. Okay, well, have a good day, and I hope I didn't. I, I hope I didn't stress you guys. Uh, I I hope you're feeling. Uh, you're still feeling all right, there, Kay. Not at all. Okay, great. Well, talk to you later. Bye bye. The Last Alarm, Firefighter Theodore Ted Carpenter, hired July 30th, 1973, retired December 28th, 1998. Celebration of life will be announced at a later date. Fire Engineer Thomas Tom McNally, hired May 26, 1969, retired May 30, 2001. Service will be much later due to COVID restriction. This has been the last alarm. Last but not least, if you like these podcasts, please help me keep it going. This podcast can only be kept alive by the participation of you, our members. I am doing this podcast for the members that may be in care facilities, those that are at home alone, those members that may be many miles away, and the members that are at home sick and feeling forgotten. Safety reminder for COVID-19. Please wash your hands and wear a mask because you may not believe in COVID-19, but it believes in you and is looking for you. That is all, and I will talk to you again in two weeks for another episode of The Phoenix Thread. Thank you.